1: All right. Well, welcome aboard, everyone. Uh, I I hope you had a great derby day. Uh, I hope, in fact, that uh, Medina Spirit lifted your spirits and also increased your bankroll. I will tell you that it did nothing for mine. Medina Spirit was on every ticket I had, but not in the way that I would have liked it. But nonetheless, seven wins now in the Kentucky Derby for Hall of Famer Bob Bafford. Medina Spirit, what a beautiful ride. Johnny V, he takes the Oaks Derby Double. I believe only the second jockey in history to do that. Medina or Medina uh, Spirit, depends on uh, how you pronunciate it. Uh, I know that there's a Medina, Ohio. But nonetheless, this horse had been banging heads Against uh, the best of the West, I- including stablemate life is good, who uh, beat him two times and then came back and ran second to rock your world, the one of the ill-fated favorites, I believe the second favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Yes, if you're listening to these airwaves, I was touting him last week and, He got slammed at the gate. No excuses, folks. Go back and read the chart. Everybody, you know, this is a horse who has only won on the front end his entire career. And obviously, there was no, uh, you know, surprise as to what he was going to do uh, in, in this race. And uh you know, it, when it, when he got slammed, and and the, both jockeys admitted it. You know, was uh, uh, highly motivated and essential quality made a rock your world sandwich, so he lost all chance, and I lost all chance of cashing tickets. Now. Uh, next week, uh, we hope to have our friend James Ross from BUSR up. Man, did he give us some great odds. And I hope, again, the spirit lifted you. Medina Spirit to get over to BUSR and uh, sign up with them. Cost costs nothing to sign up. And they've got great bonuses. Don't even sign up. Go over and look at the sites. I'm not kidding you. This site is fantastic. Now, James is going to be with us next week. By that time, the Preakness odds will be up. And uh, we'll see who uh, you may want to wager on the speed of a steed in the second jewel of the Triple Crown. Now, hopefully you were using our easy win forms and uh, we've been hitting all over the place. Gulfstream's been betty, betty good to us. Uh, Earlier today, we had a $1 Super 5 that paid just over $3,000. And three days ago, two more heads at Gulfstream, a $1 Super 5 and a $1 Super 5 for $2,600. And again, just over $3,000. You got to use that to help you get those horses before you go on over to BUSR and place your bets. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this evening, we're going to talk Derby, and then we're going to talk Preakness with Frank Angst from the Blood Horse. Uh, what, what a couple of weeks he had with the Derby coverage uh, for that outstanding publication. And uh, we'll uh, look at the ever-growing field during commercial. I'm going to have to go over to thebloodhorse.com and see how many other horses are out and how many other horses are in for the Preakness. Because right now, it is a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, And the second part of the show, the best races in the country this weekend, no doubt about it, will take place at beautiful Belmont Park, and they are laden with graded stakes races. I believe that I count five on the program as I go through, yes, as I go through my daily racing form. And uh, so I, I... They're all great races, but the one we really want to look at is the Peter Pan because this race has graduated Belmont Stakes winners. It's uh, a mile and an eighth. Uh, Every horse in here was nominated to the Triple Crown, which means they're eligible to go into the Belmont if they want to. So the Big A will give us his big plays at Belmont Park for Saturday. Well, again, in the Derby, uh, the the, the horse that once sold for $1,000 – That's right. There's good ones hiding everywhere out there, folks. Medina Spirit got the job done. And uh, just a beautiful ride by Johnny V. Uh, Medina Spirit, not the best biggest uh physical horse but a humongous heart just refused to let mandaloon and hot rod charlie and essential quality get by it was a really good derby from a viewer's perspective one two three four all in the photo finish but it was medina spirit who just refused to give up under that beautiful ride by johnny v in the second spot mandaloon who i do believe it's just been announced he will not be going to the Preakness Stakes, and Hot Rod Charlie, still up in the air, we'll see if he goes back to the West Coast and tries to regroup himself, but it was a valiant effort, and again, Essential Quality, put in a rapid final furlong, but couldn't get there, like so many horses that I already stated, got bumped at the start, but really finished strongly, widest of all of those top four, And tasted defeat for the first time in his career. Just a tough race to lose. Okay, right now it looks like the people at Godolphin and Brad Cox are teaming up to see. Do they want to maybe try the Belmont? Because uh, offspring of Tappet have been exceptionally successful in the Belmont Stakes. Or do they want to wait and win the Derby? The Midsummer Derby I'm talking about, the Traverse Stakes, that uh, carries with it a lot of prestige, especially for a horse that someday will be ushered off to stud. So uh, I, I hope you had a, a, a great Derby day. That was sensational and um Rewinding here just a bit as I go, I kept my program because I got two days worth in there. And, of course, uh, in the Kentucky Oaks, the derby for the girls, the winner again towards the outside, Malathat. A heady ride by none other than Johnny V. And Malathat was very game and held on by a neck. Over search results, one of the favorites in there, written by a Red Ortiz, and riding the hair off Will's Secret, my man John Court got the head down for the third spot in the Kentucky Oaks. So Malfat now, career-wise, the daughter of Curlin out of sensational dreaming of Julia remains undefeated. We will see where This daughter of Curlin shows up next. All right. Now, horse we do know is going to the Preakness, and this isn't going to make the people of Medina Spirit real happy, are none other than concert tour who uh, headed to the the barn. As you know, uh, Baffert elected to pass the Kentucky Derby and see how he was. He was a little bit off in his training. And he says, you know, the Derby's run. A lot of horses went through a lot to get there. And he's the fresh horse. And uh, so Concert uh, Tour will be facing his stablemate, Medina Spirit, in the Preakness Stakes if all goes well. So uh, again, uh, Essential Quality will be on the uh, on the bench. And uh, I'm going to pull down the blood horse before we get Frank up here and see who else has shifted uh, their plans uh, before the Preakness Stakes. Now, it is that time of year where uh, we start to uh, see who is going to be going in to the Hall of Fame. And no surprise on the top two for sure, American Pharoah became racing's first Triple Crown winner in 37 years. And trainer Todd Pletcher will be going in and the... um, The third uh, gentleman is Jack Fisher. Uh, He's a native of Unionville, Pennsylvania. Kind of got into the uh, hunt, jump, steeplechase game. Uh, He's uh, won over 590 steeplechase races. We'll get to know him a little bit more as we get into August and they're getting ready to actually become enshrined. But the two that... uh, Shouldn't surprise anybody in thoroughbred racing, and are certainly deserving of the honor, the great American pharaoh and Todd Pletcher. It was just a matter of time uh, before he ended up in there. And uh, again, we've been watching this story very close up in Chi-Town, and now Churchill Downs, is, it appears, who wanted to sell the plant and the property, but not necessarily for a racing venue because they still have a license in the state. I believe they have two actually now. Uh, But uh, they did not want a racing entity to take over. Well, uh, the people that... uh, control things up there. The Arlington Heights board of trustees have passed an ordinance that would prevent Churchill from placing any restrictions on what a buyer of Arlington park can and cannot do with the 326 acre property. So, uh, it, will be very interesting to see what happens i i guess with their license there um and uh, they do have an off track facility not too far away uh but nonetheless the uh, the town and their officials have made it clear that they would actually like to see racing to come back because of all that it has brought uh to their community over the years so um we we that's this is kind of uh, the young and the restless we'll see what happens as as time goes by well again uh things uh shaken up on the uh preakness uh site so uh, I'll check in with Frank Angst on that and see uh you know what else we can find out in the in the minutes ahead of uh, who's coming and who's not in the uh the, the Preakness Stakes, I know uh, that the Blood Horse does a great job of keeping their finger on the pulse of such happenings. So uh, I'll tell you what. What do you say we take a quick little break here? And I, again, we're sponsored by BUSR. They have the best promos and bonuses of any race book. You can even reload your bonuses and Get free bets. James Ross, a very magnanimous individual, started out as an on track bookmaker and now he's in the bigs. I want to thank BUSI for being a sponsor of Winning Ponies and I want to thank you for being a listener. I'm John Engelhart, and coming up next, none other than the Blood Horse's own Frank Angst.
2: Streaming live.
0: BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S when you sign up at busr.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with b-u-s-r you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right, uh, back here on Winning Ponies. I thank you very much for listening. Once again, I hope you're in a new tax bracket after the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. If you parlayed Johnny V, you did pretty well. Well, here's something that doesn't happen every Preakness, is that we are getting a Japanese entrant. His name is France Godina. And I'm probably really ruining that name. But, uh, you know, according to his connections, um, that uh, he traveled well on a flight from Japan to Los Angeles, that's the first leg, and... uh, Then uh, he'll go to Maryland from there, and he'll become the first Japanese horse to contest a triple crown race since Master Fencer ran fifth in the 2019 Belmont Stakes uh, after uh, running sixth in the Kentucky Derby that year. Now, uh, what was uh, released earlier in the week is that Joel Rosario is going to ride him in the Preakness. He actually rode this horse before in the UAE Derby. That was back in late March, and that was the horse's first start of the year. Uh, And he's done very well on one money over there. We'll see how with his travel and everything he does over here. So he'll be in quarantine for two more days here, and then he'll fly to Newark, New Jersey, and then go back to Pimlico on Saturday. All right, so it is official. Uh, as far as Brad Cox is concerned. uh, uh, The other horse that uh, was in consideration was was Cotto River, and uh, Cotto River also will not be going to the Preakness Stakes, the second jewel in the Triple Crown. Just to remind everybody, because they often get uh, confused, is that uh, The Preakness is actually the shorter of the three Triple Crown races, so um, we will uh, see what happens there, but like I said, they're really juggling, but uh, for sure, uh, Mandaloon and Caddo River uh, are not going to go, and... Medina Spirit Concert Tour will be going, and we now have a Japanese entrant. Well, while we're uh looking around for Frank Angst, um let's go back and look at some of the races. You probably it was a great day. I don't know if it was for you as far as your bankroll was concerned, but it was an absolutely great day of exciting racing uh, down at Churchill Downs. So um, there to share some of the stories with us about what happened at Churchill Downs, none other than the bl- Blood Horses only, Frank Angst. Frank, thanks for joining us.
3: Of course. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing okay now that you're here. Uh, glad to have you. Well, uh, are you in a new tax bracket now after Saturday? Tell me.
3: <laughs> I did uh I did uh, quite well Friday, uh not as well Saturday.
1: Well, let's talk about the derby because it did hold itself up as a great race, but a- as you know from the money bet all over the world, uh essential quality uh disappointed I, I imagine there's a lot of people that are just saying you know what i'm just going to make a huge show bet on this horse he's got to run one two three so describe you know you watching <laughs> yeah. the race and what was going through your mind as as you saw the race open i don't know if you're like me but i had rock your world on all my tickets and he got his world rocked as soon as the gate oh gosh so give
3: yeah, us
1: the that frank was, angst uh, I mean, report mean that's one
3: thing about the derby that's I mean, that's definitely one thing about the Derby is the start can definitely take some horses out some years, and uh, central quality got a little roughed up. Um, I, w- I would say a horse that's significantly better than the field can probably overcome that. Um, I think what we maybe learned about this year's crop from the Derby, or at least I should say at this point of their three-year-old season, because things can change, is the the crop's probably a le- little more evenly matched. Um, I, th- I do think essential quality was the favorite, and I, I think maybe if everything goes his way, he's still probably the best horse, but um, it didn't, and he. W- it, I think they were evenly matched enough that that little uh, incident at the start and then he was wide throughout, I think that just proved uh, too much to overcome. So I still think he's going to have a, probably some big days ahead he certainly had a lot of big days uh in the past too but i mean i just it was surprising that um that, that all those horses came up on under front runner and none could get by uh he certainly dug in and, and kept going it just uh really feels like those connections um Bob Baffert and Johnny Johnny V they they understand that being on the lead in the derby is is not a bad place to be And it's been especially true since they got rid of the sprinters in 2012. Um, Those horses no longer get in there. So you just... I mean, Medina Spirit, he ran honest fractions. I mean, honest to... you, If you look at many derbies, they were horses that went just as fast for the half mile and totally, you know, weren't there at the end. So I won't say he stole the race, but, but I will say, like, he was in his comfort zone. And... You just don't see, I mean, John, just for so many years, how many times did we just, you could just count on a crazy pace in the Derby, because you just had horses who were not disciplined, they were sprinters, they might have only thought they had one turn to go, and you would just, so many times, you, you, horses and jockeys, they would be super aggressive early on, between the combination of horses probably not having a total sense of the task at hand and the riders being aggressive. And it's just really calmed down into a race where you get that lead and, and it's not a bad place to be because I just don't feel like riders are aggressively coming at you the, the way it occurred for so many years.
1: I, I think one horse that reminds me of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, wasn't Trinnenberg a stone sprinter? That had the lead for about six furlongs yeah. in the Derby. <laughs> I remember Mike Watchmaker yeah, back when he's he was with he the won Daily the Hutchison or something, and uh, he won enough uh, yeah, money-wise to get in. And, uh, and,
3: and he would end up winning the Breeders' Cup Sprint and being a, actually it was one of my better scores of all time uh, in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. But he had no business being in the Derby, and uh, yeah, he most assuredly ensured a hot pace. Um, just
1: to remind our audience, it, Frank, it's what funny. we're talking I, what, about-
3: I, what, I, what I suspect. Go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, no um, I, I was just. I mean, I, one I just- one thing that I, one dynamic that I think is going on in the Derby is you have riders that are thinking, "Can my horse get a mile and a quarter?" So I think that lends to some conservatism early. The thinking being, if I save up maybe this horse that was more of a miler or mile-and-eighth horse, maybe he can get that final eighth or final quarter. And um, I think what Johnny V realizes is, is it doesn't work that way. I, th- I think he realizes, I'm going to ride my race. I'm going to put this horse on or near the lead. And if the horse doesn't get the distance, he doesn't get the distance. But my best chance of winning... Is to ride him like he's going to get the distance. You see what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. And you know, I I didn't interview any jockeys on this. I, it's just, it's a feeling that I get.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's a, it's a great feeling, and, and let let's uh, not forget that the, the name Protonico does not ring. Fear into the minds of pedigree people when they're looking down for, I don't know if it's a mile and a quarter horse or any kind of horse. I believe he's a $5,000 stallion and this might be his first crop.
3: Yeah. You, you know, one comment I had after the Derby is this was really an underdog story um, because Bob Baffert and Johnny Velasquez were involved. People didn't necessarily see it that way. Um, but this was one of the lower-priced horses that, that happened to come Bob's way. He's, he's in with this owner who, most assuredly, has bought more expensive horses. Um, but in this case, the owner's friend stood the stallion, and he encouraged them to give a look at this this horse uh, at the two-year-old sale. And uh, the 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 owner said, "Sure," and they liked what they saw, and they they got him for a bargain price. So. As we know, good horses can come from a lot of places. Um, so, but, and then he's handed over only to the most, uh, <laughs> as of this week, the the uh, record-setting trainer of all time for the Derby. So right. It turned Seven. into, you see Bob Baffert and you kind of think, oh, it's like the New York Yankees or the, or the 49ers or the Steelers or Patriots. Uh, but really, in this case, it was really a kind of an underdog story.
1: Uh, seriously, I mean, you, I I know thirty five thousand dollars is a lot to you or me, but for people that play the game, on the end that Baffert and his clients do, they've got that much in their glove compartment. So, uh, you know. But the, yeah. the, if you go if you go online, it's called uh, I don't even know who published it, but it's called Tales from the Crib. Not Crypt, C-R-I-B. It's uh, Tales from the Crib, semicolon uh, Medina Spirit. And it tells the whole story about you know, the owner and how she kind of got in financial trouble, or the breeder, I should say. And she just said, hey, let this horse go for whatever it wants to go for. And first time through the ring, it went for $1,000. And second time, it went for that number that we just threw out there, 35000 So So it, it is a great story. Maybe it'll be a made-for-TV movie sometime. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Yeah, there's a a lot, lot of great angles there. Well, uh, you had to kind of feel for Brad Cox. I mean, I mean, Mandaloon ran his eyeballs out and, uh, you know, only got beat, uh, I mean, half, half length. And then, uh, luckily he was game enough to stay a half past hot rod, Charlie, who was putting in the race of his life. So, uh, uh as I was going through the, the, the horses that will and won't be in, uh, the Preakness. And quite frankly, I go to the blood horse every day to say, okay, who's in, who's out sometimes twice a day, you know, there might be a late breaking story. Uh, yeah, but, uh, As far as I know, uh, what's the status of Hot Rod Charlie? Is he going to stay back in California?
3: Yeah, I am. You know, I'm not up to speed on that one, John. I don't have the latest on that, so probably shouldn't comment. I'm not not sure on that.
1: Okay. Well, listen, uh, we've uh, pretty much covered the derby we got a couple minutes left you said you had a great day on oaks day uh does that mean you had the first half of the uh johnny v uh double uh with a that game win by Malafat? who now uh the daughter curlin remains undefeated in her career she's a todd pletcher who was just inducted into the hall of fame trainee
3: yeah, that was kind of right in my hot hot streak. Um, I had closed out a pick three with it. Uh, that the wager that I did very well with was uh, a win wager on obligatory, and also a double to fast boat. And I also had a for, for for what for my wagering level, what was a significant win wager on fast boat. And actually, in hindsight, uh, on a normal day, I might have canceled that win wager because I had a very good double to fast boat, but, uh, on days I work, I typically put my wagers in early in the day and don't think about it. So in that case, it worked out because I, I hit the double, which was like $93 for a dollar and the, uh, and the wind bet on fast boat. Uh, as I think I've talked about before, I've become, uh, quite a specialist on turf sprints. So, uh, quite, quite a few days. That's my biggest play of the day. And, uh, it worked worked out for the weekend too.
1: Well, I'll call and, you up for a consolation.
3: Obligatory thing. boy, I... <laughs> you know it's funny too that that stallion, um, the Derby winning stallion, he I remember him racing, and he was one of those horses who was very capable of some really huge efforts, and, and that, like they would bump him up to, into major races uh, like Grade Ones, and you would think, oh, and that's Now he's really going to shine through. And and he never quite put together the top effort in with the top race. But, boy, he Uh definitely ran some huge efforts. Um, And and I I was curious to make sure my memory matched uh, the facts of it. And I I went and looked at his past performances today. And sure enough, you know, he had some big runs in grade threes and uh, allowance wins. And they'd bump him up to that grade one. And he couldn't – didn't quite – do it there, but boy, he definitely I could see what people would like in him. I mean, on, on his best days, he was very capable. So it's its good that uh, for him.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Frank, now that the uh, Blood Horse is a monthly, when will the Derby edition be out? So
3: that will be out with our edition that we are finishing up on this week. So it will be our June edition, which is strange i know <laughs> um i mean really for our readers our racing coverage has really moved online and to blood horse online you know for free you know byron king who's, is as good as it gets wrote up the, the derby recap so that's a spectacular story and, and you get it instantly um we also have blood horse plus which Back in a magazine, we had those stakes recaps focused on things like sales and breeding. Right. So we still have that, and that now runs online at Bloodhorse Plus, which does cost a monthly fee. Uh, or if you're a subscriber, you get that as well. So we it's uh, we're just trying to meet the needs of uh, readers and in, in the current world, and, and we have these different platforms and. I know. I know. Uh, for some people, it's a change, uh, but uh, we're, hopefully, we can guide everybody to those different spots because because the work is still there. I know. Uh, I still um still a guy who gets Sports Illustrated in the print edition, and and they've really moved away from covering you know games in the in that print edition. It's largely looking forward to what's coming up. you know they just had the NFL draft preview. And and actually I don't I don't know if people like I, I know a lot of people have moved away from Prince, but boy, that's Sports Illustrated. It has a fascinating it's like a it plays like a true crime story on Pleasant Colony and, and his connections. Uh with Johnny Campo and <laughs>
1: I'll tell you who can tell I, I us
3: about that. That's that our next guest. That's in. Oh, there you go. I will be listening in. <laughs>
1: well he's on hold so You're on I'm top going of that. To, Yeah, well Anthony's on hold so I'm gonna to have to uh, wish you a, a wonderful rest of your evening and thank you for being on Frank angst and we'll go over to the blood horse for our daily dose.
3: thanks a lot John.
1: All right, that was Frank Angs from The Blood Horse. We're going to take a quick break before we come back with Anthony Stabile. I'm John Engelhart, and we're sponsored by BUSR. Put out the best promos and bonuses of any race book. Stay tuned. James Ross from BUSR will be joining us next week. But coming up next, the big guy, Big A, Anthony Stabile. We'll be right back.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What?
0: Winning Ponies with John Englehart.
1: All right, and coming up next, it's Anthony Stabile from Horse Racing Radio Network. And I'll tell you what, you know, did you ever go to one of those restaurants where they hand you a menu and it's got items on there that you don't know where to go or what to do? Well, that's what the menu looked like at Horse Racing Radio Network last week. Big A, they kept you pretty busy on Derby weekend, didn't they?
4: Well, actually, I was uh, I was up at Mohegan's Sun Derby weekend, but Mike Pena and Bobby Newman and Kurt Becker and the gang, yeah, they were pretty busy. They, we had over twenty hours of coverage of the Derby and uh, Derby week and our countdown shows. It's always a fun week. I was on Wednesday and Thursday, but yeah, the the rest of the team took over. And great job, everybody was really happy with the uh, with the content and. Uh, a fun weekend of racing in the books and, you know, kind of the the floodgates open now with the Derby behind us and just a great summer of racing at Belmont and Saratoga to come and the rest of the Triple Crown. Uh, an exciting time of year and it was great to see all those folks at Churchill for Oaks and Derby. We got fans back at Belmont, so really looking forward to uh, to the summer of racing.
1: And I do believe that last weekend, uh, HR RNN was bidding a uh, fond adieu to Bobby Newman. Uh, he's going to resume his, uh, his duties behind the microphone out west. He is,
4: but he's staying with us. He's going to be able to do both. Uh, Bobby will still be on. Yeah, I'll be on race day with me Wednesday through Friday. So the weekend stakes preview presented by Naira Betts on Friday night. So, yeah, we'll have uh, Bobby staying around. He'll be calling the races at Prairie Meadows Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They run Friday through Monday. And thankfully, the first race on Friday night goes off about an hour after we wrap up the live program. (laughs) We'll just record the weekend stakes preview. Bobby's going to do double duty
1: there you go you can get it done well that's good he's a good man i remember him when he was the race caller up at thistledown and just north randall ohio well uh before we get on to these all these great uh graded stakes races uh some competitive some with some standouts um want to talk to you about your derby experience at the windows anthony
4: yeah, just missed a big score, about twenty thousand, depending on how some of the pick fours and pick fives would have played out. Um needed Mandaloon. I like Mandaloon. I kind of uh I kind of thought that it wasn't a true account of himself in that Louisiana Derby and I thought he would have run closer to that risen star than the Louisiana Derby. Turned out to be right. Just couldn't get the loose on the lead, Medina Spirit. Bob Baffert seven derbies now. Um the rest of the weekend was okay. Thought the Oaks was kind of a two-horse race would have been a much better result had search results gotten there um, and made some money despite the dead heat in the Turf Classic. If uh, Domestic Spending could have won that one outright, it could have been a it could have been a banner weekend despite the. Mandaloon result, but uh, you know, had a had a fun time up at the casino. I host a gig up there every year. We have a party uh, for the high rollers and fans. Usually have about fifteen hundred people. Had it down to about five hundred this year because of the COVID protocols. But ah. it was good to get back into the swing of things, and it was a fun weekend. I took some buddies up there with me, so we had a good time. And um, yeah, you know, scratched and clawed out a uh, a break even, which. For the, for the amount of fun we had, I felt like a big winner leaving out of uh, Connecticut on Sunday.
1: Uh, well, sorry you weren't going home with that 20000 in your pocket. Now, um, Mohegan Sun, is that the one that's near Syracuse?
4: No, that's Turning stones So Mohegan ah. Sun is actually in Connecticut. Um, it's on an yes. Indian reservation, in uh, Native American reservation in uh, Con- mm-hmm. Uncasville, Connecticut. I've done a lot of work. I've done work for them, John, on and off for twenty years. The first wow. party I hosted up there was the two thousand three Kentucky Derby where I gave out a cold funny side over Empire Maker Exacta. So um Yeah, we've had some good luck up in Mohegan. They put me up in the last Derby for a five figure score, Tonalist for a five figure score in the fourteen Belmont. It's been nice. and I used to call they have they used to have virtual horse racing on their slot machines i was the racetrack announcer up there for two and a half years so um it's a it's a special place it's a fun place and i'll be back for the breeders cup
1: well that's great 20 years what were you uh, skipping school uh junior high to get up there and do your gig
4: very nice of you to say i'm i just turned 44 in march right before the wood memorial i turned 44 so i've been up there first seminar I did was in 18 first party I hosted was in 18 it was was 18 years ago so 18 years first one was in 2003
1: well I know I know you're famous for your public uh, funny side picks so I'm glad you get up there and make a whole lot of people happy uh, well let's uh, Let's take a little bit of a bite into uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, certainly have some uh, interesting action at at Belmont Park, though uh, the fields aren't exactly packed and stacked. Some of the races are still going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, I spent some time this afternoon, you know, uh, trying to figure out the man of war. And again, we're looking at, a, I believe, 8 horse field. I've got check marks at three of them. So these are probably three you can throw out, but just because they're really interesting. Uh, of course, anytime we see all these horses with the European running lines, I just – immediately know who the trainer is, and that's Chad Brown. He's got the Irish bred Sovereign, uh, who was yet to race in the U.S., but I see uh, really looks like he likes this part of the country, because and Park, uh, he was tearing it up down there uh, with, with several bullet works. So it looks like uh, Chad's got this horse uh, on his toes. I've always been in love with Sons of Galileo on the turf, and we're going to mile 3 ace. And then an- another horse that uh, went to Grand Motion Uh, from its uh, early race years at France was Ziad. And then, of course, uh, on the outside, don't bet this horse if you've got heart problems because Gufo, for some reason, uh, doesn't see the finish line until he gets to the eighth pole. And all of a sudden, (laughs) this uh, Chris Fee Clement uh, runner just explodes. Joel Rosario will be up on that one. How, How did you separate this bunch?
4: Yeah, it's a good, it's a fun field. Um, you got, you, you have Sovereign coming over with just the two wins, but the impressive resume, and running in some of the most important races on the other side of the pond. I haven't seen this horse since a, a trip to Bahrain back in November of last year. Um, and he just got beat that day. You know, I got to tell you, the, I don't know how sold I am on this horse. He's a five-year-old full son of Galileo, as you would expect. Um, He comes over for the Coolmore folks. Chad Brown hasn't trained a ton of horses for them. And this horse obviously is going to be dangerous for the Ratt Ortiz Jr., but you're looking at a six-month break. Um, This horse has some starts and stops on his card. You see a six-month break from two to three, a year layoff from three to four. He hasn't won a lot of races. He won the Irish Derby in a a big, big way, and obviously the distance is not an issue. He's won a 2 miles, a mile and three-quarters. I mean, is it foolish to say maybe a mile and three-eighths isn't enough ground for him? I I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Well, it looks like he's been Um, putting speed into him.
4: Yeah, you know, Chad's worked this horse along nicely, a lot of five eighths drills, a couple of moves on the on the dirt as well, one down the pacing uh, and actually the first movie came up here in the week between shipping up, uh, he worked on the dirt here at Belmont Park on the main track. Yeah, I mean look, he he makes a ton of sense in here. Um I haven't finalized my picks yet, but it'll obviously be one two. I'll tell you what, Gufo, you talk about him he makes a lot of sense as well. He's never been off the board in eight starts. Uh, you know, a neck ahead and and uh, in, in his debut, a length and a half. So he's about two lengths away from being undefeated in his career. Uh, for Christoph and, and Joel Rosario. So you mentioned Heart Attack City with Gufo. We talk about uh, some of the others in here. The odd. The the problem in here is there's a lack of early pace. I don't know if they're going to send field pass Mike Maker and Luis Saez, who's going to try and stretch out his mile on three sixteenths run in the Saratoga Derby invitation last year. I don't know if distance is going to be this horse's friend. He'll probably be on or close to the lead. And, and, And sovereign's one of these euros that actually has a little speed. You see in his comments, track leaders early to the lead, um, You know, so it it depends on how this plays out, where this horse is going to be. I have a goofy thought in here, and it's the number two, Moon Over Miami. So, Moon over Miami, proved to be a useful little three-year-old. He gave Bill Mott his 5,000th career win in that allowance race in June. He ran okay in the Hall of Fame behind Decorated Invader in domestic spending. And then they stretched him out. Bill ran him a mile in 5-16th in the Dueling Grounds uh, Derby over at Kentucky Downs. He got the money at 7-1. He ran into Goofo when he didn't have the cleanest and, and the best trip in the Belmont Derby gave him a freshening we didn't see him for almost five months and in his first two starts against older stakes horses he'd already beaten older allowance horses um in june of last year a couple of races that were absolutely dominated on the front end phantom currency went wire to wire when he won the mactermita turn and burn went wire to wire when he won the pan-american and this horse ran well in those two starts they were probably the two best races he would ever run they were without Lasix, which some of the other horses are gonna be doing for uh one of the first times. I think this horse is going to improve with a couple of starts under his belt. My only issue is the lack of apparent pace. But maybe field pass provides enough in here. Um to me it's 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 sovereign. And moon over Miami a little. Goofo. the problem. Goofo really needs a little pace. He could use a little pace. Um, Joel is as good as they come. He can keep him a little, a little closer. But I think he's probably more pace dependent than anybody else in here. And we'll see if he can uh, if he can overcome a, a you know a dawdling pace. We had some rain. Uh, yesterday it was supposed to have a little rain throughout the day on Saturday, so I would imagine there's gonna be a little bit of give in that ground um, certainly not a rock I, I don't think we'll be looking at a rock hard firm turf course. I don't think we're gonna be looking at a bog either but uh, and you know the edge there would go to sovereign of course but um yeah i, I might i I might uh, <sighs> Uh, I may take a little bit of a goofy look and put Moon Over Miami on top.
1: All right, we'll find out. You'll probably get some odds with those other uh, horses that will attract the eye of most handicappers. Well, the Peter Pan uh, is a race that's been used as a stepping stone to the Belmont Stakes more than once. I didn't get out my racing manual, but I do recall that from my many, many years of watching these races. So the Peter Pan... Anthony, this race I've just got in bold print, wide open. I mean, you've got uh, you know, in, in in the first four horses, uh, only like one. Fire speed figure separates them they're all horses that you know again every horse in this race was nominated to the triple crown so they're nominated to the belmont uh but you do have the one two finishers in the withers so they're new york based horses in risk taking and overtook and then uh Never disregard a horse of uh, Bill Mott's. Uh, he tried him in the Florida Derby, got bumped at the start, and then dropped down to the rail, didn't do anything after that. Uh, but, uh, you know, a- has been out three times this year, has a stakes went under his belt, and a-, a good second place in the Sam Davis. And, uh, I don't know. You've been there. You've watched him. you got Wolfie's Dyna ghost, who's only made one start, but pretty impressive to reel off an 84 in your first start. And then if you throw out the Tampa Bay Derby, uh, Promise Keeper hasn't done too many things wrong. So walk me through this one, Anthony Stabile, because I am lost.
4: I'll tell you what, too, John. Um, I am the law of the maiden in here. He was scratched out of a maiden race today, main track only on a turf race. He's a nice little horse, too. Obviously, he's in a, a very tough spot. But the, 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 he's, gonna, he's not going to be a maiden in much longer. Look, I, I made two future book bets in the Kentucky Derby. One was Ron Bauer, who's going to run on the Preakness. The other was Risk-Taking. I was a big fan of Risk-Taking. I had him at 42-1. to 1. Um, His two races with the blinkers around the two turns at Aqueducts were good. I don't know what happened in the Wood Memorial. Uh, he didn't run two steps. He did not run two steps, took a lot of dirt that day. That's the only thing I could think. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. We opened the main track at Belmont to train right after the Memorial. And he was training over the training track at Belmont. And then, um, a couple of weeks after the Memorial, he had his first published work, his workouts. And this is not to be unexpected, but he certainly looks like he's training with a little more vigor over the main track. Um, I don't want to compare it to Mandeloon, but that racetrack on Wood Memorial Day
0: was deep.
4: Um, it, probably deeper than anything he had faced at Aqueduct this winter. And I'm just going you to know what Mandeloon, part of the thinking was the track was quicker on uh, Louisiana Derby Day. I, I think that track of Wood Memorial was just something that some horses handled and some didn't. I, I think he was one that didn't. Um, and I'm going to draw a line through that race and just hope that, you know, I like the way he's training. I like the fact that Chad's actually, Chad Brown's actually mentioned maybe running this horse in a pretense, even though they're definitely running crowded trade. So it's, uh, that was, I found that very curious as well. I like risk taking. The other horse I like in here is Overtook. Overtook. Missed a little time. He was supposed to run a little bit memorial. Todd Fletcher said, look, this horse is not training right. So he kind of backed off a little bit. And you see the break from March 6th to April 3rd. He was off the work tab. So Todd backed off him a little bit. He was second to risk in the withers. He looks like he's going to run all day long. Um, and he's training nicely down at Palm Beach Downs, Todd's base, uh, throughout the winter and into the spring. Now he'll come up, he'll get John Velasquez in the boot for the first time. You know, you have Nova Rags in the race. He figures to show some speed. I would imagine Promise Keeper. Wolfie's Dynaghost is a half to Sadler's Joy, um, who, of course, is a dirt horse. But, you know, Wolfie's Dynaghost is, I would imagine, is going to be fresh off of the. Off of the November layoff, so you know he's running in for the first time in six months. I would imagine he's going to be fresh. I think risk taking and Overtook will both get some pace. Those are the two I'm going to focus in on with the Peter Pan.
1: All right. Well, I've only got about two minutes left, Big Gay. We got three uh, graded horse races on there: uh, the fourth, sixth, and seventh. Uh, pick one and tell me who you like. I'll
4: give you a quick over the vagrancy is a tough race um, I like victim of love a little bit just hoping to sit right off the speed of Sadie Lady um, I think the run happy which is race four is a two horse race it'll be Chateau taking them gate to wire or good old forensic fire getting the job done the bogey in race six is an interesting race you have horses coming out of the Breeders' Cup Harvey's little Goyles 8-5 to five on the morning line for Mott and Junior Alvarado she ran a great third in her first start against older Phillies that she got be just a neck to, to Odaria and rushing fall. If she comes back with that effort, she's going to be tough. She's cutting back, though, from the mile on 316th to the mile on the 16th. Chad Brown has Lemister, first time in this country for Peter Brandt. Um, he's got a couple others as well. Civil Union's coming back from a Breeders' Cup effort. She's cutting back. She's probably the one up against it distance-wise. Um, I like Harvey's little Goyle. I'm a Harvey's little Goyle fan. She's the one who probably won't mind the cut back to the mile on the 16th the most. I think Hunter and Lemister the number two. Make the most sense in there, but this is a fun race, and this this is the kind of race where I think you'll see three or four of these fillies and mares go um, maybe separate ways, but also you know probably run into each other a little bit more throughout the year in New York races like the Diana, the Flower Bowl, the Saratoga. I think this will be a nice jumping off point for for a handful of these fillies on Saturday.
1: All right, well, Anthony Stabile, love having you on the show. I know I get a lot of good feedback from our listening audience when you're on uh, Horse Racing Radio Network. Go on up and Google it and find out where you can listen to him on a weekly basis. Big A, thanks for joining us again.
4: You got it. Don't forget talking horses every day before the races at the Naira tracks as well.
1: There you go. A lot of good information. This guy eats, sleeps, and drinks thoroughbred racing, uh, as do the people of BUSR. I want you to uh, join us next week when James Ross from BUSR joins us and gives us the betting lines from across the pond. So for Frank Angst and Anthony Stabile, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. We'll see you at the races. <laughs>